Well, you ready to jump into the Word this morning? Thank you, Lord. God began to lay something on my heart. Oh, it was probably 5.30. Some of you might think, how can God lay anything on anybody's heart at 5.30 in the morning? But for, for me, that's kind of a good time for God to speak. It's my, my day isn't all, all consumed and my mind isn't running about other things that I, I need to be doing. But I was riding in my car today uh, so as to not bother anybody else in my home because you never know what I'm going to do when God starts to move, whether I'm praying or worshiping or, or receiving from the Lord. But he began to speak to me about something this morning that I just want to share with you. And, uh, and I really believe that it's going to position us, position us for some victory, amen, in our hearts and our lives. And, and uh, we're, we're going to believe God together. Could I, could I get you to stand just, just again? I won't say one more time because sometimes that's not true. Uh, but stand with me again just in honor of the word of the Lord and and to pray and ask God to speak it into our lives and bring revelation. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning, for your speaking into our hearts. God, we thank you that you can take the extremely profound and make it simple by revelation. You can take what's beyond knowledge and understanding and comprehension to the natural mind and reveal it to the heart. And so God, as we look into your word this morning, God, we just ask that you would unpack it for us. God, we ask that the spirit of revelation would be in our midst. And God, after this service, whether in the building or whether watching online, God, like Peter, you could turn to us and say, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. God, we are absolutely dependent on the spirit of revelation. God, you said the natural man, God, receives not the things of the spirit. So God, we don't want to just give mental assent to your truth. We want to encounter your truth. And so God, we invite you to come. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak clearly and succinctly into our hearts and our lives. Bringing about the fruit that you desire. That comes forth from your word as gospel seeds are sown. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would. You can, yeah, you can go ahead and take a seat. Uh, we're going to start at the beginning in Genesis. Not chapter 1, but Genesis chapter 11. And uh, we're going to go all the way through Revelation today. No, I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. I don't want to scare you. But we are going to start in, in Genesis this morning, chapter 11. And God began to drop this scripture in my heart. And it's not something that I haven't even read this for a long time, and I haven't... Uh, I'm going through the Bible uh, through, a, through a devotional program along with my other studies, and, and I've been out of Genesis for, for quite a while, but uh, all of a sudden this scripture dropped in my heart, and I just 
began to open it up, began to meditate on it this morning. So we're going to look at it. Genesis 11 and verse 1. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east. Now, this was after the flood. Just to lay a little bit of a foundation, uh, the flood had come, and these now are the, uh, the, the, the generation that, that's come from Noah, amen, from Noah you know, on, now we know Noah came from previous generations, but he was spared, and, and so the, the flood had just happened, and now there was tremendous unity. There was tremendous unity in the earth of, of language and... and, and uh, uh, desire and passion. Uh, the, the, the wickedness had been wiped out and there was a fresh start. Amen. That's kind of like what God does in our heart and in our life when we get saved. You know, God begins to give us a fresh start. We begin to see things different. And we begin to, uh, we begin to uh, approach things different and interpret life different. And and uh, things don't affect us the way they used to affect us. And, but it says, it came to pass that as they journeyed from the east, that they found the plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. <clears throat> and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks, bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar, starting a building project. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks, bake them thoroughly. And then in verse 4 it says, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Everyone say ourselves. So they were tremendously unified. They were coming together they were, they were uh, producing the brick, the mortar, the asphalt, the things that they needed to establish this city and to make a tower. And he said, and let us, let us do this. It says, a tower whose top is in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. They were unified. They had come together. They wanted to make this city. And within this city, they wanted to make a tower that reached the heavens, it says. Amen? That, that, that reached the heavens, whose top is in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. The object of their worship was wrong. Their desire to be on top, their desire to rule and reign, their desire to occupy heavenly realms for themselves, amen, was wrong. We have the same thing going on, amen, in this country. Amen? <clears throat> but they, 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 they got this program going and they said, look, let, let, let's unify, let's build this city, let's, let's surround it with our walls, and let's build this tower uh, that, that reaches to the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. Well, you know what's going to happen next. As they declared and decreed their vision that they were unified about, as they declared and decreed and entered in 
with, with their energy, with all their heart, into a vision that fell short of God's heart and plan for them. But the Lord came down. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. In other words, through this building process and program, they were, they were so unified in this. I mean, not, nothing had changed in their vision. No, none of them had altered their persuasion. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. Everybody say one. Remember I preached, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, about being one with God, amen? Intimacy with God and, and abiding in, in God. So, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Listen, look at the power of unity. Look, look at the power of, of, of coming together with one purpose, united, amen, with one vision, with one expectation. God, God is so concerned, he comes down and he surveys the city, he surveys the tower, and he goes, we've got a problem because they, they, they are so unified, they're so united that nothing will be impossible that they set their mind to now. I don't know as we look at unity as, as this important. Amen? Unity is, is tremendously important. I'm going to show you throughout the, throughout the message. He came down to see the city and the tower which they had built. The Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they have begun to do. Now nothing they purpose to do will be withheld from them. So then he says, come let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad. The reason they did this, so they wouldn't be scattered. That they could stay unified in their vision and purpose and continue to grow that. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of all the earth and they ceased from building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel or confusion. That's what that means in the Hebrew. Its name is called Babel. You've heard the Tower of Babel. Because there, <clears throat> there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. They had to now go where they understood the language of those that had the same language. And they were scattered. The power of unity. Now it's interesting. If, if, if we see the power of unity from a negative standpoint, what, what will the, the, the power that flows through unity in a positive way, where God's preeminent? Where God's the object of the desire. Where his heart is what we're chasing. Where, where his presence are what we're hungering for. 
for, for his kingdom to be established and his kingdom to come and his will to be done in the earth. Amen. Can you imagine if a people were totally unified? Amen. If the church throughout the nations were totally unified throughout this nation, they didn't have their denominational differences. They didn't have their, 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 their pet peeves to the point where they can't associate or cooperate with other churches. But if the church was unified in the, in the pursuit of the heart of of God and the purposes of God being revealed in the earth, if the church was unified in the command and commissions of God, where he says, listen, you're the salt, you're the light, I want you to be the leaven, I want you to permeate our culture and our society wherever you go. If the church was unified, amen, when he said, go into all the earth and preach the gospel to every creature, make disciples of all nations, amen, if we were unified in that purpose, and I believe God's bringing that about through trials, through tests, through tribulations. Amen? I don't have time to think about my differences with other denominations or churches anymore. Amen? Man, if they name the name of Christ, they've given their heart to the Lord, we're on the same team. I got an idea if we got persecuted and thrown in prison and we got to, had to sit next to a Baptist or a Methodist or someone from another denomination, we're not going to really care what denomination they're from. Amen? I got an idea when we go to heaven, you probably won't see signs up, Methodists over here, Baptists over here, Pentecostals over here, Charismatics <laughs> over here. No. What did you do with me, Jesus is going to say. All right, come on in. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Praise God. Amen? God's, God's desiring unity. See, now the irony is God came down to destroy their plan and their vision by, by confusing them and changing their language. And now one of, the, one of the weapons, see the devil learns from God's moves here. Now what the enemy tries to do to destroy the work of God and the vision of God and what God is building is bring disunity in the church. He knows it works. Amen? And, and now what he wants everybody to do is to hear in their own language and to still build that tower towards the heavens for ourselves. God's not going to let any tower get there for ourselves. Amen? Meta, meta, metaphorically speaking. But let's look at Matthew 18. <clears throat> Matthew 18 and verse 19. He says, Jesus says, again, I say to you, he's talking about, really, he's talking about unity, uh, discipline, and, 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 and how to bring about restoration, the purpose of restoration. He says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father. Now think about it. He says in verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together, this is a qualifier, in my name, in other words, in my name, for my purpose, for my will, for the revelation of my heart, where they're gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And in that environment of the presence of God, amen, the, the, the nature and the character of God is revealed, the heart of God is revealed. He said, if two or three are together in agreement in anything, he said, I'll do it. Power and unity. 
the, the, the authority that's activated, whether for bad or whether for good. Amen? There's, there's something about this. Amen. And God's saying, listen. He's saying, listen. <clears throat> In fact, the title of my message is Dwelling in Unity. It's probably on the screen behind you. I just saw it pop up there, and I never, it may remind me, I never, I never gave the title. But I, I want to continue to talk about this because I believe the Lord is doing something in the earth now. And he's doing something, you know, we can break it right down to this church and into this region where he's desiring to knit people together with his heart and with his purpose. For us to unite. Now, let, let me tell you, see, unity isn't just agreeing on everything. We'll never do that. Amen. As long as there's two different people. I don't even agree with myself sometimes. You know, you give, you give yourself two or three weeks and you change your mind, right? I see stuff I wrote in my Bible 10 years ago and I go, man, I can't believe I thought that way, right? I mean, we're going we're gonna to do that. That isn't the kind of unity that the Bible's talking about there. You can have, I mean, it, it, it isn't that everybody, you know, well, if they don't like the Patriots or they don't like the Red Sox or they don't like the Celtics or they don't like the Bruins, well, we're not unified. Well, we can't have, no, it's not, even though anybody really spiritual will love all those teams, you, you just... <laughs> It isn't essential for the kind of unity that God's talking about. Now, if you really want to be unified, you'd like Diet Pepsi or Pepsi over Coke products. Amen? No, I'm just kidding. This isn't, this isn't the kind of unity that he's talking about. We can have differences of opinions. We can have differences of taste. We can have different things, you know, different passions, and still be unified in our purpose and heart for God. Amen? And seeing God's kingdom come and the will of heaven be done. Amen? And, and, and seeing the heart of God revealed in a culture, in a society. Amen? You know, men have tried to do it. Men have tried to organize it. Men have tried to orchestrate it. Men have tried to establish hierarchies and, and, and different methods, and it all comes short of kingdom reality. So God says, I want you to work within the confines that the hand that I've played you, that's been played to you, and I want you to bring in another kingdom. I want you to, I want you to know, and I want you to show and display there's something that will work no matter what kind of government you have, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter uh, uh, what your situation is in life, no matter what your status is, it just works. It's the kingdom of God. It's his righteousness. It's his peace. It's his joy. Amen. It's, it's the attributes of God and the nature of God that, that we begin to drink in, we begin to ex, be exposed to, and we know that there's, there's no geographic place that can separate you from that. There's no, there's no atmosphere, there's no environment that, that can take that from you. You've got to lay it down. Amen? Amen. Kingdom of God is within It's within. Again, I say to you, if two or three agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, in my name, that's the key, I'm there in the midst of them. Now let's look at Psalm 133. We're going to study this whole psalm. It's three verses. You thought I was setting you up for a long... <clears throat> Psalm 133, beginning in verse 1. 
behold. In other words, it's like Jesus saying, truly, truly. Or you know, th- there's an emphasis here. He says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That, that word unity here in the Hebrew comes from a root word meaning becoming It says, to be or become one. The invitation we have from Jesus to be one with him. The prayer that he prayed in John 17. Father, that they would would be one with me as I am with you, as you are with me. That they would be one in us. Amen? The the, the heart of God being revealed. And this, this is the level of unity that this psalmist is talking about. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, to become one, to to unite, to be joined together. Amen. Vision, purpose, heart. He says, it's like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. He said this unity releases and activates an anointing. Amen? He said this unity, there's, there's an anointing in unity that is released. He said it's like the, when, they, when they anoint, Aaron was the high priest. You remember in the, in the old covenant? And when they anointed him as high priest, they literally dumped oil. And it isn't like we do with the fingers here. It, they dump oil on him, amen? And, they, and, and it would run for, on top of his head, amen? Prophetic of, of God's order and authority. Jesus is the head, the body, amen? The anointing flowing from the head, the Lord Jesus Christ, down onto his garments, down on to the rest of his body, amen? And the anointing flowing from Jesus down to us. He said, this unity, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down, On the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This isn't just, it isn't just like an anointing that that, that does something for for a few minutes here. He said, "This this is like an anointing that's flowing pictured with Aaron being anointed as the high priest of God, Jesus, our high priest, amen, anointed with the spirit beyond measure. There was no limit. He had the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost beyond measure. He goes, it's like positioning yourselves when we dwell together in unity, when our hearts towards him and our passions towards him and he's preeminent in our lives, it's like positioning ourselves under the spout of anointing that flows from the very heart of God, the throne of God, down to anyone who is positioned under it, amen, that's desiring what he desires and wants what he wants. They're so unified in purpose, so unified in desire, that that same anointing that he possesses becomes ours. Amen? Make sense? You, st- you still, still with me? You all right? All right. Praise God. We, we just got a few more. So stay, stay with me. I, I just want us to see, amen, what's available. As we, we don't necessarily have to agree on everything, but we're unified. We're unified in our prayer. We're unified in our purpose. We're unified in our desire. An example of it, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. 
I don't want to just gloss over this verse 3 here where it says, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. Do you know in that type of unity, there's blessings that are commanded from the Lord? We, when we're united, and our hearts are united with God, and, and our passions of God, and, 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 and we're running after Him, we're chasing Him, He's preeminent in our lives, amen, there's blessings that are activated in our life that flows from the anointing of God in that unity. Amen? Including life forevermore. Not just when you die. Not just when I die. Starting now. (laughs) Amen. When we begin to enter into it. Amen. It's commanded by the Lord. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Do you want blessings commanded over your life? I tell people all the time when they're struggling with something, whether they're struggling whether to do a certain thing or, or whether to, I've had them do it you know, with tithing, I've had, it do, had them do it with all, all kinds, take it to a certain job, take, you know, should I, what, about when my, in, in the context of marriage and family and all that. You know, there's genuine decisions that people need to make. And one of the things I asked them is, how do you position yourself for blessing? In other words, let, let, let's not just look at, you know, I, the Lord told me, I don't necessarily recommend this, but it was something, I, I was being called in a ministry, I didn't know how close I was to it, and uh, I was working in a machine shop, and uh, <clears throat> I appreciated the job, providing a paycheck, able to take care of my family, and they we're going to move me on another shift. It started just for a couple weeks. They're going to move me up on second shift, which where a lot of the ministry, I was an assistant pastor at the time, and a lot of my ministry and responsibilities was after people's out of work. You know, your Bible studies, your home groups, your classes, things like that. And uh, I did the Sunday evening service. And, and so they wanted me to work uh, for two weeks because they had to train more people in the, in the particular field I was in. And they knew that I could handle that without people over me. So they put me up, and I was going to work that second shift for a couple weeks while they spent a couple weeks training people uh, because the supervisor was going to be out on second. And then they would put them up with the supervisor on that shift. So I said, sure, I'll do it. I went to the pastor. I said, I'm going to have to bow out for a couple weeks, but it's a temporary thing. He goes, yeah, yeah, just go ahead and do it. We'll be all right. And then... One of, the, one of the gals that got hired there and uh, the engineer that was over me kind of had a thing for each other. And she was supposed to go up on second and he didn't want her on second. And so we had our meeting. We had a staff meeting. And uh, we had him, I don't know, Mondays or something where, where he'd get us all together. We'd go in his office and he'd tell us the game plan for the week, hand us out the things that we were going to be doing. And, uh, and he said, oh, and Gary said, I'm gonna, we're going to keep you up on second. He said, you're doing real good up there, and, and uh, we're going to keep so-and-so down. And I'm like, oh, man, this isn't going to work. But I had a wife and kids, you know. And uh, so I didn't say nothing to him. He just said it. He didn't demand any response from me. So I just sat there quiet, and I went home, and I began to pray. I said, Lord, what do I do? 
You know, I don't have anything else lined up. And uh, and it wasn't like jobs were that plentiful back then. Now you can get a job anywhere because you can get paid more to stay home. There's a lot of jobs that are open. I think that ended Friday. I hope so. And uh, I don't know why I got off on that. (laughs) But anyway, there was a... There was, a, there was a seat, but I was really wrestling with this and, and uh, trying to figure out what to do. And so I, I prayed. I asked the Lord. I said, what do I do? And uh, he said, I don't want you to work there. Second shift. So I said, you got anything else in mind? Because <laughs> as soon as I give that notice, you know, I got about two weeks. And then he didn't say nothing. So I went into work. The next week, we had our, uh, there, was a, there was a two-week shutdown at that, at that particular plant where they went through and rebuilt and cleaned machines and, and all that. And so you had to kind of take your vacation then. And so I thought, well, I'll just, that was coming right up. So I said, I'll, I'll give my two-week notice. One of them's before the shutdown. Then I have two weeks to look for a job, then work another one after the shutdown. That gives me a month. I'm trying to stretch this out. And... Uh, so I, I, I go in, and the, the supervisor looks at me, and he goes, remember, you're going to be staying up on second. I said, well, I need, to, I need to talk to you about that. I'd like to see her after the meeting. He goes, no, there's, there's nothing to talk about. You're up on second. I was a little more fiery than I am now, I'll be honest. A little bit of the flesh started to rise up. And uh, I didn't say nothing, though. I was, I was trying to be good. And he said... Uh, Nope, you're up on second. I don't have time. There's, there's nothing really to talk about. And my group leader that was next to me kind of looked at me like he could see probably the hair standing up on the back of my neck, and he's hoping for a good show or something. I don't know. But I was, I was pretty, pretty frustrated. And uh, so he starts handing out everybody's schedule, and he gives me the schedule like for the next month on second shift. And I thought, well, I'm kind of concerned about this because I'm not going to be here. I'm, gu- I'm giving you my two-week notice. You didn't want to do it in private, so I got to do it now. I'm going to give you my two-week notice. And I won't be here these weeks. I'll take care of these, but you, well, you can't give your notice. <laughs> now I'm mad, okay? And I'd like to say it was righteous indignation. I had a word from the Lord. No, I was just in the flesh, and I was ticked. And I'm trying to... I'm not one really to go off if, unless really provoked, you know. And I'm just confe- the confession of a pastor. We're, we're flesh and blood like everybody else. And so he said, you, you, can't, you can't give your notice. And he moved right on. So I said, excuse me. I said, you, can, you know, you can choose to interpret this any way you want, but after two weeks, I won't be here. I just want you to know so that when I'm not here those two weeks, that, that's covered. And he rose, raised his voice. He said, you can't quit. You're married. You've got kids. You've got no place to go. You can't quit. And I leaned over in his nose like this. I said, read my lips. Don't necessarily recommend that. <laughs> but I said, read my lips. And if you say anything else about me not getting done, I'm done now. And you've got to cover all the weeks. And he didn't say nothing. I don't know why. He didn't say nothing. Then I went out of there, and I'm 
sweating bullets. I'm like, oh, no. I've just given a notice, and I have no place to go. So when the shutdown came, I went out, and I had a rule that I could only apply at three places a week. I could only handle so much rejection. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I thought, well, I'll go, I'll go apply. And I applied at three places and got interviews at all three places. Thank you, Lord. And then I said, Lord, which one do I take? And he told me to take the one that was the furthest away that I made the least money. Anybody else up there? <laughs> Amen. Have you ever had something like this happen to you? See, God was trying to position me for blessing. And it wasn't like I was thinking. And so I went down, and, and I, I had an interview with the with with head of person. I was a new company in, in Springvale, in uh, Sanford. And, and, and I went down, and it, maybe, you, maybe some of you remember it, Computer Vision. And so I, I went in. They, hire, they wanted to hire me. They had my references from Data General and all that. They wanted to hire me, but they said, we, we, we just can't give you what you need to start. And all I asked for was what I was making in the other place because I was making it on that. I wasn't trying to, you know, so I was just trying to keep going at where I was. And they said, that, you know, I, I, we, can't, we can't give you this kind of starting pay because there's 18 in your department and only your, your supervisor and your group leader would make more money than you. I thought, oh boy, I know the Lord told me to go there. So I, I'm sitting there, and, and before I could speak, this guy walks in the door and he says, Gary, is that you? And I turn around, and it was the guy that hired me at Data General. His name was Peter Plant. He hired me at Data General. He goes, how are things going? And I said, well, well, good. He goes, you looking for work here? And I said, well, yeah. And then the, the uh, guy at HR, the human resource guy said, yeah, it's just, we just, we're having trouble coming up with a, an agreement here on the start and pay. He goes, oh, just give him what he wants. And he walks out. <laughs> and I'll never forget, the guy's name was Ernie. And he looks at me and he says, you know that guy? I said, well, yeah, he hired me at, a, at another company. He was, he was in HR like you. He was doing what you do. He goes, well, he's the head of computer vision now all over the world. The HR department all over the world. He goes, so what do you want? I, sh I blew it there. I mean, I really did. I, I just told him, well, what I put on my application, you know, but... After having that kind of endorsement, I, looking back, God might have been trying to bless me more than I realized. But anyway, God provided. He positioned me for blessing. I, at that moment in my life, I was chasing his heart. Ministry was a priority. I knew I had a call on my life, and I had to stay positioned for that to keep growing and, and for that to cultivate in my life. Amen? And so when people come to me and they've got these tough questions and some of them are really tough and some of them, they don't make a whole lot of sense. I said, let's boil it down to what would position you in the will and the heart of God for blessing, for the amen of heaven to be upon it, for the anointing of God to be on it. 
And sometimes when we go through things and it looks like it's the end, it's God trying to give us a new beginning that we would never have done or left on our own. Amen? And so we, we, we need to cultivate that relationship, that hearing ear. That, that unity with the heart and the purpose of God is the place blessings are commanded. Now we'll go to Acts 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse... I didn't want to move on too fast. I guess I didn't. Huh? Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. Amen? Now, one accord in one place. There was tremendous unity. And I mean, things were upside down. Jesus had been crucified about 50 days prior, and, and uh, their world was rattled. They were in an upper room. They were in one accord in one place. And suddenly, I, I tell you what, unity opens up to suddenlies. Sometimes it takes a while for people to be unified in purpose, unified in vision, unified in the heart and the, in, in, in the will and purposes of God. But when you get there, then things can suddenly begin to happen, can begin to snowball in your life. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues. Isn't it interesting? Divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. In that unified place, Pressing in, God, what's next? What's your heart for us next? God, you were taken from us. You were, you were resurrected. What you, he goes, well, I'm going to show you that mantle that I have, like I told you, it's going to fall to you. It's going to come to you. And I want you to be an extension. I want you to carry out my ministry on the earth. Amen. You remember when Elijah anointed Elisha, threw his mantle around Elisha. He said, okay, you're on, you're up. And Elisha was taken, taken up into heaven. I mean, Elijah was taken up into heaven. The mantle fell. Elijah, Elisha knew that that was his call. He knew that God had called him. And, and God says, what do you want, Elisha? He said, I want twice as much as what he had. Maybe that's what I should have said. I want twice as much salary as I put on my application. I like Elisha's faith. I want twice as much as what what Elijah had. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. How good and pleasant it is for, dwell, for, for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing. They got anointed with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Acts 12 and verse 5, Peter was in one of his <laughs> imprisonments. He had a few, quite a few. And uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they, they didn't like the way the... They, what, what had happened is they had taken James, John's brother, and they had killed him. And this pleased the Jews, so they grabbed Peter. Now, we're talking the, kind of the top three that hung with Jesus. 
Peter, James, and John. They just killed James. So they grabbed Peter. And he was therefore, in verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in a prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. This, this dilemma that they faced, Peter was a leader. He was, he was one of the lead apostles at that time. And they were keying off him. Miracles were fought. He had just, he, they had just brought the sick into the streets and his shadow was healing them. Not only was he preaching the gospel and, 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 and signs and wonders were accompanying him following the gospel, but his shadow, they would just line in the streets up so that his shadow could touch him and they would be healed. He was pretty important to the early church at that point. You know, God's call, God's mandate and, and, and purpose for his life. And he was imprisoned and they, their intention was to kill him just like they did James. But constant prayer... I wonder what would have happened if constant prayer went up for James. I don't know. I mean, maybe it did. We don't have any record, but constant prayer went up for Peter. This was an eye-opener to the early church. They were unified in their purpose. They were unified in prayer. They were unified for his deliverance. So an angel come. Now, Peter wasn't too worried. This is what gets me. I mean, he was sound asleep. And as far as he knows, he's going to die the next day or soon. But an angel smites him on the side. Hey, Peter, wake up. And then it says, I never saw that until today. It says, he raised him up. <laughs> I, can, I can see it now. Peter's sleeping, and he's got he's two chains. In an inner prison, and, and he's sleeping, and he, and he smites him on the side, Peter. And then he didn't get in that. He, he, he picks him up, he raises him up, and sets him on his feet. Can you imagine? Says he, he, he raised him up, he stands him on his feet, he's bound by two chains, and they fall off. In a prison, Bound by two chains, they fall off. And the gate going to the city opened before him. He told them to leave, go and preach, do what he was commissioned to do. So he, he, he's running out, and there's a gate, probably like our prison walls, and a gate that you got to open to get out where you can be free, and that just swings open for him. I mean, this is, the, this is a classic prison break. Amen? You don't, you don't, you don't get any better than this. Amen? Peter got sprung. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I believe it was unified prayer. There's power in unity. As we unite with the heart of God. It releases and activates things in our lives that, that takes us places supernaturally where we can't get any other way as a body. Amen? We're going to take communion in just a little while. 
But before we do, the Lord laid something on my heart, kind of as a altar call this morning. You know, he says, the word says that one puts a thousand to ten thousand. In other words, you see the, the multiplication, God's kingdom multiplication in unity. One puts a thousand, two people agree is touching anything. <laughs> 10,000, okay? Under the old covenant, he's talking about warfare. But, but in the spirit, amen, as we are unified, we've read just a couple examples. I could have I preached all week on examples of where people came together united and how God moved and positioned them for blessing and how the anointing destroyed the yokes. Amen? Well, we've had an outbreak of COVID in Maine and probably throughout a lot of the country that's affected our church some, school, daycare. And I felt like God spoke to me this morning to share this message and then for us to stand together in unity and come against this. Amen? Begin to cry out, begin to pray on, on a united front that those of that, that have had it or got it, those that the enemy's got his sights on, you know, wouldn't get it, and that throughout this state, throughout New England, even throughout this nation, that people would begin to unite and let's just move this thing out of here. I don't like the, the, the fear that accompanies it. Amen. That's worse than the COVID. Amen. And it's intentionally being propagated, that fear. I got a call from a, a guy this morning whose wife went in the hospital, took a bad fall, went in the hospital. And he took her in. He goes, well, she's got COVID. He must have got it from you. He goes, she didn't wasn't feeling that sick. And, uh, and he said, so you need to quarantine. And, and, and then he, so he called back to say, oh, she's not doing good. She's on a ventilator. She's, on, she's, she's not doing good at all. And he couldn't talk to her. So he calls back to check on her the next day. And he says, well, how, how, how's my wife doing? And he says, well, do you want to talk to her? He said, yeah. He said, well, how are you feeling, honey? He goes, well, I feel good. He said, you feel good? He goes, yeah, I feel good. He goes, I don't know why he told me. She, she, they told me she was on a ventilator and wasn't doing she, And he said she sounded the best she had sounded in a long time. And, 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 and there's just, I'm not saying people are doing this necessarily on purpose, but the, the, there's a, the enemy is trying to sow fear. And I'm not, and I'm not saying we, you know, we... That, that it isn't serious. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not minimizing. You know, people have died from it. People have died from a lot of other things that they've called it, too. I know that for a fact. I, I know undertakers and funeral directors that have con massively confirmed that most every death that was coming in, whether it was cancer or, or heart attacks or whatever, was listed COVID on the death certificate. 
But I believe that there's power and authority as the body of Christ begins to unite. And we begin to pray and begin to believe God. Amen? For truth, for healing, for deliverance, for protection. So what we're going to do this morning, I'm going to ask if Pastor Pete would come. And I, I love praying with worship. Amen? I, I like to do that every day. I love to pray with worship, whatever you want to do, Pete in the background or whatever. But let's stand together. And if you want to vocalize a prayer, just go ahead and pray out. Amen? Don't, don't be bashful. We're united. We're, we're, I'm not talking about a lot of things to pray for today. I want to move that mountain. Amen? And, if it, and maybe we'll do something different next week. I don't know what God will do. But I know God spoke this into my heart, and I know it's for a reason. There's people that are around this state, and, and a lot of different churches, and a lot of different schools. A lot of schools have had to go remote because it's... It's just tormenting people. So let's come against it. And if you want to pray, feel free to pray out. I'm going to pray. And uh, in fact, I'll, I'll close it in prayer. If you want to pray, agree, agree with me anyway. And, and, and I want to invite all of you that are online. If you're not here today because you're afflicted for one, one reason or another, you're afflicted. I invite you to this prayer meeting. Amen. And we're going to unify, we're going to unite, and we're going to come against COVID in this region, in this nation. We're going to believe God for healing, for deliverance, and that it won't pass on to other people. Amen. The symptoms, the manifestations leave. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. However you want to do this, if you want to walk when you pray, when you worship, if you want to kneel, if you want to come down to the altar, however you want to do it, no restrictions. Amen. We're just going to believe God this morning. Amen. I open it up now. Just go ahead and cry out. Let's begin to believe God and agree together in unity that this thing gets silenced and stopped. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name, oh God. We worship you, Lord. We glorify, we lift you up, we exalt you. God, from that exalted place, God, we come to you this morning. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Just unite our hearts and begin to pray. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Kandarabasita. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, a unity of spirit, unity of heart, unity of purpose online, in the building, God, unity, God, throughout the state. Oh, Bless your name, Lord. We thank you for the unity that's here. Father, I'm asking that you descend upon this place. You descend upon people, God, online right now, God, that you would descend and you would unite our hearts. God, unite our hearts. Unite our purpose. God, unite our faith. God, unite our expectation. 
unite our expectation and our faith, Lord God, in you. God, we are convinced, Lord God, that this thing is wonderful. In the name of Jesus. Oh, bless your name. If you know anybody that's sick, speak their names right now. If you know anybody that's sick and afflicted, speak their name into this prayer. Amen. Believing for total healing and restoration. No complications, no side effects, no ongoing manifestations in the name of Jesus. You name them now if you know of anybody, any family members, whether they live in this state or not, whether they go to the church or not, you just name them right now. Amen. Begin to name their name before the Lord in an atmosphere of unity and faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we sense your presence. We sense your anointing, Lord Jesus. your name, Lord. We bless your name, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name. We worship you. We magnify your name, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes.
Thank you, Lord. Father, we come to you right now in that name that is above every name. God, unified in purpose, unified in presence. God, standing on your word, Lord. Lord, we've got more than two or three gathering together today in unity. God, those that are in this building, those that are home, those whether they be in hospitals, God, those that are... God, that are online, God, we come together this morning in agreement and unity. And God, we're in agreement, Lord God. God, that every sickness and every disease has been defeated on Calvary. God, we know that every sin to the repentant heart has been forgiven. God, as far as the east is from the west, you removed our transgressions from us. We know according to your word in Isaiah 53 and Psalm 103 and other scriptures, Lord God. God, that by your stripes in Peter, Lord, it declares we were healed. And so, Father, we activate, we release, we speak life, God, to over every body, over every individual, over every man, woman, or child that's been affected, Lord God, by this COVID uh, virus, Lord God, we command it to go in Jesus' name. God, we know that every disease, God, it, it wasn't that you, you defeated every, every disease and every virus, but COVID. But God, you defeated every disease, every virus. And so God, together we come, God, God, and we beseech you, Lord, God, and we're asking God for a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, in mighty deliverance to those that have been afflicted, God, we speak to lungs and command them to be clear. We speak to nasal passages and command them to clear up. We speak to throats and command them to be healed. We speak to headaches and command them to go. We speak to fevers and we command them to, to go in the name of Jesus. We speak to every cough and we command it to go in the name of Jesus. We speak to every spirit of fear, every principality, every power of fear that's been released, God, on this nation and nations of the world. We come against it in the name of Jesus. We stand united. And God, we desire to see a mighty cleansing. God, I'm reminded of in the days of old, Lord God, God, when things were going on in your house that weren't supposed to be going on, and God, you came suddenly to your temple and you cleansed it. God, I ask that every temple that's been invaded by this virus, Lord God, would be invaded by the power of the Holy Ghost. God, that you would suddenly come to those temples. God, that you would cleanse them. God, that they would be healed and set free. God, I pray for testimonies to begin to arise. Oh, hallelujah, God, from this place and around the state, God, for testimonies to begin to arise. God, how they were sick, how they were discouraged. And God, immediately it began to turn. Immediately they began to get better. And worship began to flow. And prayer began to flow. And adoration began to flow. God, I call upon your name. And God, I'm asking that you be glorified. God, that you be exalted, that you be lifted up. 
God, it's those that have been afflicted, Lord God, are delivered in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray for other family members of of those that have been sick, God, that this would not kindle upon them, that it would not pass upon them. God, that they would remain COVID-free. God, we're asking for Holy Ghost antibodies. God, not just COVID antibodies, but Holy Ghost antibodies, God. God, to fill, God, every man, woman, and child, Lord, in in our church, in our school, in our daycare, in our state, God, in New England, God, throughout this nation, God. God, we're asking, God. Lord, you said in Psalm 91, Lord God, Lord, that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God, we choose to dwell in the secret place. We choose to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, you said no plague, no pestilence would come nigh our dwelling. God, we stand on your word. We stand on your word. God, you said in Psalm 103 that you'd forgive all our iniquities and heal all our diseases. God, we're asking today that your healing virtue and power, God, would begin to flow from the prayers, Lord God, from the hearts of, the, of, the, of those that have, are united today in purpose, Lord God, into every home, into every living room, and into every bedroom. God, every, every, every room of the homes, God, where these people are. And God, that the power of the Holy Spirit would overshadow them. And God, that they would be cleansed. God, we prophesy to the wind to blow through these homes and clean it out. We prophesy to the wind, Lord God. God, to blow. God, we decree it, Lord God, to blow through these bodies, through these homes, Lord God, through these temples, cleansing it. God, let the fire of God fall, consuming anything, Lord God. God, that's not of you, consuming all fear and all torment. God, we thank you for the victory. We thank you for the victory. God, we're going to have communion now. We're going to have communion, God, and, and, and celebrate, God, in remembrance of the great victory, God, that you have wrought in our behalf. God, where our sins are forgiven. God, where our sicknesses and our diseases are healed. Where our pains are healed and our suffering is healed. God, we're believing you, Lord. We're believing you. Our eyes are upon you. God, we're not trying to build a temple for ourselves. We're not trying to build a tower for ourselves. God, we're exalting you. God, we know you're the fulfillment of what they tried to do, God. God, they missed it, Lord. God, Jacob saw a ladder that reached from heaven to earth and angels ascending and descending. And Lord Jesus, you told your disciples that they would see greater things than what you had just spoken to them, but they would see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. God, you you are that ladder. You are the gate, Lord. You are the way, God, into supernatural, Lord, uh, salvation, deliverance, and healing. And so, God, we choose, Lord, you. We choose you, Lord. You are the way. You are the way maker. And, God, we thank you for victory. We thank you for victory, Lord. We praise you for victory. We celebrate you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's worship him. Let's just worship him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. During worship, amen, we're going to do communion different. During worship, when you feel led by the Holy Spirit, just just go ahead and partake of communion. Amen. Everybody, Everybody have communion. And I want you to know something. As we worship and as we take communion together, 
I want, I want you to understand what we're doing. Remember Jesus said, he spoke through the, through the Holy Spirit in Corinthians. He said, the reason why many are sick and afflicted and even die among you because you don't discern the Lord's body. And what, what does that mean? I, I believe one aspect of that is, is just what the, the wounds of Jesus, the afflictions that he bore for our transgressions, for our sicknesses, and for our diseases just what that means. Amen. Now we're going to unite with that this morning and we're going to, we're going to wreck whatever it is. It, it doesn't have to just be covert. If you've got other physical ailments, you're believing the Lord for this morning. When you take communion, I want you to do it in remembrance that his body was broken. His blood was shed for your forgiveness, for your healing and for your deliverance. We're doing this. Amen. In remembrance of that great sacrifice and anointing that still flows from the throne of God, of those who dare to enter into it and believe it. Amen? Unite your heart this morning with the truth. Unite your heart, your spirit, amen, this morning, amen, with the truth of God's nature, character, and His Word this morning, amen? I don't know what Pastor Pete has for us to worship, but let's worship him. And then in that worship, as, as God moves upon your heart and you feel like you're ready, amen, and you're, you're, gonna re, you're ready to receive what God is doing, then just go ahead and take communion. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name, Lord Jesus. Now we say I have Thank you, Lord. By the Spirit of power then raise Christ from the dead and let now the poor stand and confess that my portion is here and I'm Hearts burn with a flame, a fire consuming over your sons, holy name. And with the heavens, we declare that you are our King. So we love you, Lord. And we And now our 
whisper with a flame A fire consuming all for your sons Holy name And we in the heavens we declare That you are our King So we
our worship, God, all of our hearts, God, we exalt you, we magnify your name.
God, you are the exalted one. Hallelujah. God, you're worthy of it all. All the glory, all the adoration, all the praise, all the worship. God, let our lives be an expression of worship. Hallelujah. God, we gladly worship you, God, with the sacrifice of praise of our lips. But God, we're desiring as well, God, for our lives to be an expression of your heart, of your worship. God, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy, and you alone are worthy of it all. Thank you, Lord. God, we just, we just repent, Lord God, if, if, God, we were trying to build any, any towers for ourselves or any cities for ourselves. God, we turn from that. God, you're worthy of it all. God, it's all about you. It's you, Lord. God, we declare this morning how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory and honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I, I'm going to going to close the service if anybody anybody wants to leave now but as the worship team just continues to play a little bit if you want to stay and just soak in the presence of God and you want to you want to just continue to worship feel free to do that amen thank you lord god bless you all this morning thank you lord